I will say, watching Freddie Freeman and these Dodgers, he comes up to bat in the first inning, first time home since their road trip, right? And the story was really big on uh, New York radio today, at least in New York, um, and potentially Southern California, obviously, also. Now that the news is out there, that Doug Gottlieb knows Freddie's agent and thinks that Freddie did not fully know about a potential alleged Braves offer. So, if Freddie didn't know, his agent was masking it, maybe because his agent wanted him to go to the Dodgers. By the way, it's a well-respected agent. It's Derek Jeter's, Derek Jeter's agent. And so it, there's a sense of when Freddie came to bat, it reminded me of almost like kind of like we're happy you're, you're back, but also like you're a star player and we're happy you're here. It was like it was more than a typical Freddie Freeman up to bat. You know, it, it was subtle, but it was a little more. You know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't what he received in Atlanta first game back in Atlanta since leaving the Braves for the Dodgers, but I will say it felt like there was more there, I think, because if you consider the way Freddie handled this whole ordeal, knowing maybe, I don't know, not knowing enough about the Braves' contract, let's put it that way, and really I think I think sometimes agents do know what's best. I do. But I also think sometimes... A guy like Freddie Freeman could potentially deserve to know if there's a better offer or if it's close and have that time to kind of figure out who's the better team. Now, if it's true, his agent really felt Los Angeles was uh, maybe bigger platform to build his brand. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. But at the end of the day, I was saying this before with Mike Trout, and it's kind of that same idea that you don't have a lot of guys anymore that can stay with one franchise their entire career. And I think it would have been cool for Freddie to be a Brave for his days. And there's no telling, though, because he's not that old. He could play another 10 years, I think. You know, maybe after his contract with the Dodgers... Maybe there's some time where he could go back to Atlanta. Kind of like an Albert Pujols, you know. I don't know if that's really what he wants to do. But at the end of the day, this October, maybe next October, but I think it comes down to October and the productivity there and the championships to be had there if you're Freddie Freeman. So in many ways, while I agree with the notion that you know, a star player deserves to know, you know, the, the potential offers on the table to, to, the, to their full extent, right? Like, tit for tat, like, what am I going to make here versus what am I going to make there? But I think it goes back to that old saying of all is well that ends well. And I think for Freddie Freeman, being from Orange County, being from Los Angeles area, Southern California... I think he's pretty pretty happy to be back. And I know it was a big story last week because they were in Atlanta 
And Dodger fans felt like, well, he looks like he just wants to go back there. He's just going out to dinner in Atlanta with his old friends. And it's like, you don't know that he wants to actually go back and play there, right? Like, it looks like he's friendly with his former team. And I think that's just a bigger credit to the guy that he is. I think that he's just kind of beloved. And and so I think that is normal. And that's kind of what you'd want with one of your one of the best guys on the team, one of the one of the leaders, one of the leaders on on the team. You want them to kind of be that guy that can go schmooze with the other team and you know, be friendly enough to like, yeah, maybe he could go back. But either way, he's chilling now. He's happy he's in Los Angeles now. And what's wrong with that? You know what I mean? Like I I think some things we can give too much thought to just what something might look like on the surface or just from a distance I'll say because that's really what it is you know out and hanging out with your old buddies just happen to play baseball on a different team doesn't make you necessarily want to be their teammate it just makes you I don't know a good guy to me that that's what it means so I just think uh, Freddie, uh, watching him back in Los Angeles tonight, um, the first game home since last, well, since the road trip, and they didn't do so well in Colorado. And big, big news today about his agent from the Doug Gottlieb story. And I, I love Doug Gottlieb. Uh, great, great, great gym down in uh, Newport Beach. And uh, I just think Doug is a pretty much a straight shooter like he's not gonna lie and, and make something up for notoriety or something and i think most people know doug gottlieb um you know one of the best college basketball and, and basketball analysts out there one of the one of the most i would say consistent and rational uh sports in general analysts so you know i trust the story i believe it but then i think too uh you know you are who you represent, and, and it's their careers too. And for this particular agent who I'm not naming, I think some of the clients and their successes – is that the right – did I say that right, plural? Who cares? Uh, but some – I mean, Derek Jeter, what can you say? And Derek Jeter was in New York his entire career. If Derek Jeter was started out in Cleveland, do you think he might have ended his career as a Yankee still? I do. And I'm not saying Atlanta's Cleveland, but it's not Los Angeles as far as – being a star, right? I think people in Atlanta would agree with that. It's not that's not irrational. It's just the truth. Like Manny Ramirez goes further in Los Angeles. LeBron James goes further in Los Angeles, not in the playoffs. No. <laughs> no, but um just in you know, in notoriety and and the biggest having a platform. And sometimes, you know, their platform can kind of People can say, oh, I wish LeBron would stay out of politics, or, you know, this or that. Nonetheless, it's a platform, and uh, that's pretty cool. And then you have the uh, the other big news story as we're learning all this uh, from Doug Gottlieb, and I don't know, I think I used to know a producer for his show, and I got to say, those guys are all straight shooters. Like, those guys are all, um, so I, I trust them, you know, quite a bit, and anyway... What I was going to talk about with, um, you know, another rather big story out of Southern California. Big is the key word. Uh, with 
the University of Southern California and UCLA joining the Big Ten Conference. Oh my God, you guys, what is going on? Like, we're at the Big Ten, you know, formerly formerly ten programs, then eleven, then twelve, but there's already a Big Twelve. We're not calling it that. It's the Big Big Eleven. No, it's just the Big Ten. We're keeping it. Keeping it uh, classic, keeping it, keeping it the way things were. Big Ten, Midwest Ivy League, and it is. It pretty much is. You got some public Ivies already in it, but good schools. Every every one of them, great academic integrity, sports tradition. Some of the biggest college football stadiums. I talk about the SEC all the time, but there's some great ones in the big in the Big Ten. So many great venues, so many big, big fan bases that go across the country. And and I'll say this again, like when I was in Los Angeles, second to USC, I think there were more Michigan grads in certain sectors than there were SC grads. But it's it's just kind of funny, like that Midwest school that might not get the most attention, you know, like uh, not necessarily Michigan, but but like in Indiana or in Iowa, there are many, many uh, grads from those, tra- you know, Wisconsin, your, your traditional Big Ten powerhouses in some sport. Indiana is usually basketball, right? Wisconsin football, but sometimes basketball as well. Iowa could go both ways. Um, you know, they have had probably, I would say, football for sure. and But they've had some good basketball teams over the years too. And I just think... It's so exciting for USC and UCLA to be able to travel to some of these really cool venues, great traditions. They might not like the fall football season uh, weather, you know. They might not be their favorite, but I got to say, that's pretty pretty darn exciting. Don't even get a start on geography because geographically not making a whole lot of sense. No. But hey, for your pocketbook, if you're a Big Ten, Big Ten chairman of the board, uh, Big Ten committee member, some sort, maybe you're a football uh, liaison. I mean, there's there's so many people that monetize with the addition of USC and UCLA for basketball. I would say, and and they've had great football seasons. Uh, football seasons. Football, you know, there's some there's some years in there where you're like, wow, that was a great season for UCLA. That was, they've been to the Rose Bowl countless times. I mean, you you think of USC, you have that tradition built in, and that's a huge win for the Big Ten. But UCLA also, and I know basketball is only like relatively ten to five percent of total profit uh, for these conferences, especially SEC and uh, Big Ten. It's going to be. Well, probably ACC as well, obviously, with Florida State and Clemson and Boston College up there, you know. But but for basketball, you know, they're doing pretty well with Duke and North Carolina every year. I mean, and, and now Syracuse. So there's just there's, there's a lot of profit. ACC might look a bit different on the pie chart, right? That's what I, One thing I'd like to explore for a podcast is, like, what does that pie chart look like for each of these conferences as far as revenue from each Sport that's pretty interesting to me. I I would say the SEC it has to be like ninety eight percent football, 
Maybe no, it's a little less than that. But I would, I would, I would say close. It very well could be ninety eight. Let me take that back. <laughs> SEC football, the it's going to be the revenues very football centric. But I think for the Big Ten, it might be more like ninety, ninety ten, ninety one nine, something like that. I think for the Pac twelve, it's been probably yeah, very similar to the Big Ten. 90 to 95% football revenues. But it's interesting with USC and uh, UCLA because they each bring something different to the table. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. I, and, and I think, too, about not only does it bring revenue potential, great matchup potential, you know, during the fall having USC go to East Lansing and, and and Michigan coming to the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum in late September. Well, you know, people in Ann Arbor would probably appreciate it if it was like late October, right? But <laughs> I'm just, it gets a little warmer, you know, it's nice in Southern California in late October. But um, yeah, I don't know. There, there's so many exciting potential matchups. And I do think of uh, being able to get to some of these games and enjoy these venues a little more, knowing, you know, USC is going to be there. I do. And the same could be said for UCLA basketball. I think a lot of, you know, non-alumni of UCLA, but maybe just fans, you know, I could have got in, I could have gone in there for a master's program. I didn't. So I've got great respect for UCLA, that is. And um, I, I would be very happy to go to Champaign-Urbana on a, on a Wednesday night in, what, February or something? You know what I mean? Like, and just go to a nice college basketball game. UCLA and Illinois, man. That's I mean, it does not get much better than that. I'm sure Bill Walton will call the game on ESPN2 if he's still doing games in 24. I think he probably will be. Um, and so there you have it. There's just so many exciting possibilities. UCLA coming to... East Lansing for basketball. I mean, that one's going to be crazy. You know, can you imagine that game every year? Wow. Because I don't know this past this past college basketball season, I was I was watching uh, who was it Arizona and UCLA, and I'm thinking to myself, these are two really good teams, but this game is on like Fox Sports West, and I'm I'm like, well, it actually was on like it was on like Fox Sports One FS One. And it was like a, a Thursday night, you know, 8 p.m., 8, 8.30 p.m. in the central time slot, so 9.30 back east. Not many people are going to stay awake for Arizona and UCLA, even with UCLA and Arizona both in the top five, which they were, which they were. That's crazy to me because, well, first of all, I'm awake, so I'm going to be watching – probably something if it's if it's on but i think especially with a game like that if it can get a little more you know mainstream on the cable <laughs> if you can if you can manage to get that game on espn if you can manage to do a uh you know obviously espn but any you know espn 2 probably not no that game was always that's the thing certain certain games between a 5 and a 2 or a 3 and a 6 on a Tuesday night in February, uh, Wednesday night in uh, January, you know these these UCLA versus uh, Michigan. These uh, who's it going to be now? Um, 
you know, even like a, a Rutgers, right? Like a Rutgers and USC, top 10 college basketball game. Rutgers had a good year last year, you know, and, and USC has been no slouch in basketball, you know, the past couple of years and especially last year. So like just a game like that, you think of USC and Rutgers, Jerry Recco doing the game for Rutgers Radio, the fine job he does. And, man, that's pretty cool. Like, that's going to be a lot more national attention to that game than there were people watching <laughs> Arizona in UCLA this past basketball season. It just wasn't – and I think that said something to the, Pac- the Pac-12, well, especially USC and UCLA, who were most affected by seemingly big games – not really getting the attention they might deserve. So I think this past year said a lot to the pact uh, to, to USC and UCLA. It said a lot. It said, it said a lot about the Pac-12, but it, it, to the people that mattered at USC and UCLA, making these decisions, uh, entertaining. Okay, maybe we could switch conferences. It's big news, and there had to be something to kind of pivot their viewpoint a little bit to really entertaining this thought. I just wonder what it was. But I would tell you, those college basketball games and just the fact that the Pac-12 in general has played a lesser brand of college football, so I think that's been there the past few years, really. And But especially when you look at USC's recruiting class, getting Lincoln Riley now, so if they're thinking that they're on the oh, – Dodgers just homer, JT, solo homer. He's only got five right now, Justin Turner, at Red Turn 2 on Twitter. He's only got five on the year, which, you know, he's had more in years past, but he's been a really good Dodger, and he's always hitting good, solid uh, home runs when the summer kind of gets going for him. Maybe he's always kind of had slower offensive starts. Anyway, uh <laughs> Back to what I was saying, Pac-12 football. Yeah, it's gotten very very much less footage on a national stage the past few years. And I think with what USC's been able to do and, and getting Lincoln Riley from OU and really UCLA's done themselves a favor in, in their schedule, which has been kind of a gauntlet, especially to begin the year non-conference. They've had to play... Uh, LSU, I believe, uh, a couple years ago. And then who, who did they play last year? It was like a really strong non-conference game. Another SEC. It might have been uh, like Florida or Ole Miss. Nah, I don't know. I'm going to have to go back. It might have been Tennessee. I forget who it was. But UCLA, it was an early non-conference game at the Rose Bowl. I remember that. And I'm thinking to myself, this is like no easy schedule. Um and they played good football last year. You know, the Bruins did. So there's just certain games where it kind of wakes the board up, the people that make those decisions. I'm telling you guys, in the past few years, they've really been able to do that. And um, they've got enough. They've got enough to really put together amazing, amazing schedule of games coming up. In 2024 in the Big Ten. That's going to be some schedule. I'm looking forward to it.